listeners to a film policy. The two marks are back with another review of a recent film. This time we are reviewing Top Gun Maverick. Yes, he's back. The man in the plane, Tom Cruise. We've just seen it. I'm just going to introduce my co-host, Mr. Mark Pollard. Ali. Hey, mate. Hello. I'm looking at you with pieces of paper which are human notes. No. Are they not? That's good. I didn't do notes because just literally watched We it. have literally watched the film. This is why I was quite surprised. Now, I was doing sneaky little notes on my phone because we were sitting on the back row in the corner before anyone gets on the blower going oh that's not what you're allowed to do in the summer i was doing it surreptitiously and well i mean let's my my notes are as detailed as they always are i've got soundtrack the bar goose day one the boat beach the mission the escape end that's my notes i don't know why they bother with a multi-million pound screenplay do you just give you a call that's the in-depth analysis that we're going to be running on. Well, we're going to be using show. your notes very shortly, but would you like to tell our listeners how, if they're very interested in how your notes come together, <laughs> how they can get hold of us? If they want to listen to our previous notes to see a full display of my note-taking and how that then relays itself into a podcast recording, you can go to all of the major podcast platforms where you can find the 2Max channel where we cover Star Trek stuff, movie stuff, TV stuff. We've got a load of things on the go at the minute. We've got things in the pipeline, so we're doing a Marvel rewatch, and obviously reviews. We get back on the horse, so to speak. We've got Star Trek stuff that we review as and when we're able to. Check it out there, or go onto the socials. We're at the two marks on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to send an email to voice your opinions, the two marks at thepodstation.co.uk. Mark will read it. He'll tell me what it says, and uh, we'll deal with it accordingly. <laughs> well, what does that mean in reality? <laughs> <laughs> You'll read it and probably, if you might respond, well, no, we won't. We'll probably just discuss it on the next episode. Yes. <laughs> Which is good because I genuinely want people to get in touch. We're not here to shoot people because they have an opinion. It's just I don't read my normal emails very well. No. We would like people to have their opinions. Yeah. And we can air them. That's what we love about yeah. the stuff that we review. We like the debate and we like the opinions. We need more of them. And the differing ones. Yeah. And I think we have some differing ones on this film. For us? Yeah. Yes. I. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's go with your notes. Yeah, we've literally just come out of the cinema from watching Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Now, I need to put my cards on the table early here and say I'm probably not an impartial watcher of this film. As a qualified drone pilot and owner of a set of aviator sunglasses, I can very much relate to Maverick on a human level and very much as part of my real life as a pilot. And so my biased opinion will always be to defend us pilots in everything that we do. Just as long as you appreciate that position. And as someone who likes speed. <laughs> I've seen you driving. You and, Obviously and within the speed limits. It's not the machine, it's the driver, isn't it? It is. Not, is that what you're going to say in court? Yeah, you're on it. It's not the vehicle, it's the driver. And he's like, you're a <laughs> Go to prison forever. Yeah, do not pass go. This picks up the story. It's not picking up straight from the film. I'm going to say, looking at the wrinkles <laughs> on some people's faces, it's a fair while on. It's about 39 years. It's 80s. a long while. I'm, the kid's grown up, yeah. put it that way. He's, he's now got a proper moustache and everything. Yeah, it's bewildering. 
wondering how this guy is still able to be in a cockpit. But it opens up with, I need to say spoilers, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, spoilers. But I'm assuming people who are listening to this realise if we're going to talk about the film, there are probably going to be spoilers. Everybody dies. Um, if you haven't seen the film, you might not want to listen to this episode. If you don't care about spoilers, crack on. And if you are bothered about spoilers and you continue to listen and you haven't seen the film, you were warned. Mm. With that said, let's carry on. Opens up with him pretty much going to work <laughs> to test pilot. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I can relate to this. Okay, good. <laughs> so you obviously get on your bike in the morning, <laughs> drive at high speed down a runway, yeah, chasing no. an F-15. No. Oh, and then you turn up to a secure secret base. I mean, it's not that secret and secure because he drove straight past the security fella. There was no badge waving. There was no security checks. He could have been anyone. We've watched Mission Impossible. People can wear face masks. Also, he probably thought he was from Tom Cruise. He went, yeah. that's Tom Cruise, let him in. Yeah. He said, that's the guy from Mission Impossible. Don't stop him, he's let him in. So that's what happened. <laughs> if it wasn't Tom Cruise, if it was you, they would have gone, uh, where's your ID? And you go, I'm a drone pilot, do you not know who I am? Yeah, I've got aviators, people. <laughs> yeah. So he goes to work to fly a secret plane, and the purpose of it is to get it to Mach 10, not big Mach 10, which is what I normally do. <laughs> <laughs> which is why we won't fit in the cockpits of these planes. No. No one needs to see a cock in a cockpit, do they, to be honest? <laughs> and then they get told that the whole mission's been scrapped in place of drones and... I mean, we are the future people. <laughs> I mean, basically, you've got Tom Cruise or me, and you're looking at the defence of the world, uh, the <laughs> continuing of civilization. Tom Cruise, specimen. Me, the closest I've ever got to a Mac was... McDonald's, not a sponsor, the two Macs are the podstation.co.uk if you'd like to throw be, some money. They? Yeah. Um, they should be, given the amount of money that we send their way. So yes, I can see why he doesn't agree with that analysis. He then decides, typical Tom Cruise movie, to go against the law and order and jumps in the cockpit, takes off in this secret... It looked like a... It looked like that stealth fighter, it didn't like it? the X-Men, yeah, yeah. the Bluebird, yeah. or Blackbird even, because it's black. It looks like one of them. But he's test driving that. Long story short, he gets it to Mach 10, and everyone goes, Wee! We've all saved our jobs. We're not going to get sacked anymore. And then typical Tom Cruise go, I can push it a bit more. And he gets it to Mach 10.3, and blows up. I mean, I feel we've skipped a few steps here because we've got the soundtrack tunes leading us into this, which gets us all in the nostalgia feels. The we can film. see Tom on his motorbike looking all sexy with his aviators and his leather jacket, getting us all in the nostalgia feels. And then he goes a little bit rogue because he can't follow orders. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, as long as you're not driving something that's worth probably billions of dollars. It's not quite taking a second-hand car out for a little tootle round town. We're talking a multi-billion pound piece of kit. Yeah, I'm not sure you're getting that deducted from your salary. <laughs> Well, you are paying it off for the next million years. But the soundtrack and everything else that I didn't mention that you've got in your notes, it was almost as if we'd gone back to the first film again. Yeah. I thought this film had a nice, a wonderful balance between hitting you in the old nostalgia, but obviously introducing the new people and moving the story forward in a modern way without it feeling contrite or forced. I mean, again, cards on the table. I absolutely adored this movie. I thought it was brilliant. Genuinely thought it was brilliant. Everything about it was 
cool. I thought Tom Cruise was fabulous. I mean, that smile, I fell in love with him. Yeah, he's got a nice smile, I think. He just has, I forgot how lovable Maverick is, because even when he's being totally disrespectful to, like, the Admiral who racked up to tell him that they had no more money for the Mac plane, even when he was being disrespectful to him or basically saying, I know I went against your orders and I don't care, he says it in such a wonderful way that I half expected the Admiral to bed him right there. Okay, I think his smile borders on maniacal. He has a smile that is just on the cusp of being... Insanity. Yeah, it's nice, nice, nice. Then it's like, ooh, Joker. <laughs> is he joking? It's just has a bit of a sociopathic smile. I mean, like he it, clearly doesn't give a fuck. No, but I think if he went mental, that would be the smile he'd give you. Yeah. As he rode off in a plane at Mach 10. He's got some control about him, though, because when he racks up in the bar, when he, he, he gets told he's going off to teach some children how to also be equally subordinate. Or um, insubordinate. Insubordinate. He gets sent to teach kids how to be equally insubordinate. He goes into the bar. He gets a bit of a hard time in there, and quite frankly, they're all dickheads. Yes. The bar that she rings the bell. Yeah. Okay, we've jumped ahead though because he goes into the cafe. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, well, yeah, that's how we'll. Well, we can jump. Yeah, back yeah. Then. No, no. Let's go back to the fact he just crashed a billion dollar plane. I mean, obviously, I looked over that very quickly because we've moved on because I just want to defend him because just to remind everyone, I am a pilot and therefore can sympathise with the need for speed. Did you? Did you just see the need for speed, Kang? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear lord. Thank you. He smashed up a plane. He did. <laughs> and then ended up in a cafe. It's a good thing that that glass of water was a fresh glass of water. Because <laughs> <laughs> you racked up the, it was a glass of water that a five-year-old kid had been sort of half drinking and then Drooling. as it... As it <laughs> to take away half the dinner goes back in the glass like and so at the max. bottom yeah you've, you've got all this stuff floating in the bottom you've got a meal in a glass haven't you <laughs> he and racks it- up just next one of those bad boys I mean it's I think there's actually a business idea there because there's a meal and a drink all in one that's Dragon's Den right there isn't it what you need is a toddler to eat a meal <laughs> you just need loads of kids. what we need to do is put kids to work yeah. for very little money just eating and regurgitating into a glass of water and then bottle it yeah also done by kids sprog grog is that you're gonna go with yeah dragon's den watch out <laughs> he gets away quite easily with that doesn't he in fact he gets away with quite alien? a lot because he's like where am I and the kid says earth hilarious well you say that but I actually did laugh out loud three or four times during this film with some of the quips that were thrown in I mean I know we're getting ahead of ourselves but the you are the, you're proper I know Tom Cruise I'm jumping loving. all over the place you're like a Tom Cruise missile <laughs> the the um, the oh <laughs> how long have you waited to get that one I out? Know, yeah. The Iceman scene at, at the very end that was very funny. At the end, at the, so, uh, <laughs> well, it was it was Iceman. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. <laughs> it was Iceman's end. <laughs> oh my god, you're going at Mach ten. I'm all over the place. I'm so excited. It's because I'm a pilot. Okay, let's catch. Let's... You're gonna have to drive this ship because I'm all over the show. I'm just a loose cannon. I'm just like Maverick. Oh my god, you're probably fanboying over the Tom Cruise. Let's go back to your pub visit. Well, they're on the base essentially in the pub. I haven't been to a pub. My pub. Oh, oh, right. Okay, yes. Yeah, sorry. Pub owner as I'm well as a place. pilot. No, yeah, no, I'm a pilot. Yeah, Any yeah. job beginning with P. The pub that has the big bell that he goes and speaks. <laughs> Were you sitting next to? I was. Yeah. <laughs> What you have? What's that bell having there? 
it's supposedly because I don't think she's in the original film but the lady Kelly McGillis age hasn't been good to her so they've brought in another potential love interest in the form of Jennifer Connelly it took me ages to figure this out because I yeah Kelly McGillis was the original one now in this film we've obviously got a new Jennifer Connelly love the way they played it I pretty much doubted myself for the entirety of the film as to whether or not she was in the first film and what was the outcome I don't know oh well I don't think she was I don't I don't think she was IMDB which of course is the fountain of all my knowledge doesn't suggest she is I think they've just made it so that he has another love interest but they've done it in such a way that they indicate that they've obviously had dalliances in the past yeah. and he's come back to base to be a top gun again she's on the base pub or in the local area where they all drink so he's just like kind of igniting that flame again with his afterburners Whee. there was an, a notable absence of her in Snowpiercer so now I know where she'd been right she has been trying to find out whether the she's been fleecing Tom Cruise for every penny he's got now I know he's got a fair few pennies although I'm sure the church is, yeah, probably okay. takes a good chunk of that but she proper sees him I mean I don't think I would have dealt with it quite as politely if someone had said right you see these hundreds of people in my pub you're buying them all a pint because you have to put your phone on the bar I'd be like well you need to put the sign somewhere more prominent don't you I firmly dispute the legitimacy of your claim to my wallet that's like those parking places where you go and park your car and they have a signpost the size of a stamp and then you get a ticket for £100,000 they go well there's a sign there it's like yeah but only midgets can read that can you say midget <laughs> probably not okay well okay small person yeah <laughs> But basically the same sort of thing. She stood in front of the sign. Yeah, well, that's, she did. <laughs> she stood in front of the sign. She stood in front of the sign. And she waited as well, like because his phone was on the table. Yeah, at the beginning. For a while. Yeah, she didn't say, oh, that's one of the rules. Take it off. And if She'd even give him fair one. And she'd go, oh, yeah. don't want to put that there. And he'd be like, why? And since she would have moved herself out of the way. There's a sign here that my, says you can't. Behind my ass. Now, what is the reason for that? Oh, she's an arsehole. Don't disrespect the staff. Mm. Don't have your phone on the table. On the bar. Don't forget to say please or thank you. Mm. Look both ways crossing the road. Don't take sweets from strangers. <laughs> Don't no, eat yellow snow. No bombing, no light petting, <laughs> no running. <laughs> No, no diving. Cro- no crossing of the streams. Yes, exactly all them. That's a big sign now. You would have seen that one. Now I get, again, I'm trying to put myself in this position as a pilot. Um, <laughs> I can get that the best of the best would have an arrogance about them. But one assumes they have a little bit of self-awareness to know the line of Bellendry. And I accept that in life, we all creep over the Bellendry line every now and again. And usually our friends and our family drag us by our shot and curl back over to the right side of yeah. said line. These guys are so far past the line, you can't even see the line. Now, if I had to buy one of them a pint, I'm not sure it would end nicely for anyone with that level of Bellendry. Because Hangman... Pff, Hangman wouldn't have been getting out of there alive with his scrotum intact. Why would you go for his scrotum? <laughs> All the things that he's got, you All go right. for his scrotum. Full disclosure, I'm just watching another rerun of Game of Thrones and we've just gone past Greyjoy's... Uh, Penis. ...dismemberment. So maybe I've got that on my brain. You've mixed the two. <laughs> oh, and by the way, the other thing that perhaps has brought me to that was the fact that I went for a wee and my hand stuck because it was covered in ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> and to lay some context to that. No, don't. Don't. That's a competition. Ring in if you want to find out. I feel we should give a shout out to the guy at Odin, not a sponsor of the show, the two max at the podstation.co.uk. 
who served us at the ice cream stand. Ice cream John. He did a magnificent job in giving us the biggest ice cream ever. I mean, that's we, now of your penis. We didn't have three. <laughs> we didn't have three scoops. We had three mountains. And the problem was, it was on the hottest day of the year so far. It was melting as fast as we could walk. <laughs> And so it became a bit of a disaster because we came into the cinema. You needed to get yourself all settled in. So you put your ice cream in the cup holder, except the cup holder was too deep for the ice cream pot. So you couldn't get your ice cream back out. So you'd stick your fingers in the ice cream to suck, almost suck it out. <laughs> <laughs> then you decided you needed to go for a wee. Handed me your ice cream. Handed me your ice cream. Yeah. I was already holding my own ice cream. Both were fucking melting. I didn't want to be rude and start licking the shit out of yours to stop it. I was just focused entirely on mine. By the time we came back, my hands were just covered in ice cream and it was all sticky. So I went to the toilet to wash my hands. While I was there, I thought I'll go for a quick wee before the film starts. I just did it in the wrong order. So you had a wee first, then washed your hands? Yeah. So your penis is covered in different types of flavoured chocolate? If you sprinkle hundreds and thousands on there, it'd be like a flake. <laughs> like Cornetto. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Someone's having a happy evening. But the other thing that I noticed when I was walking across the foyer of the Odeon Cinema is you licking your ice cream. It looked like I was next to the Andrex dog. I've never seen a tongue. Have anyone seen Clifford the Big Red Dog? His tongue is massive. <laughs> Someone's impressed. Well, it's not that big normally, but for ice cream, we get the special one out. I thought I was walking against Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Raggy, raggy, woo! Uh, I can't remember how we got onto that. You were talking about Greyjoy's penis. Oh, yes. And then you said reminded yourself of your penis and then got onto the fact that you put there ice cream on your penis. There we go. Yeah, right. Back on track. I'm there now. Oh, that's right. Because you were saying if you went into the bar and the egos... So the problem with their egos is they've passed that line so much. The people they're around are also high-level ego. I suppose they have to be that confident to have that self-belief because they're doing everything so quick mm. and in such a, a high-pressure situation. And, and again, I'm regaling my own personal feelings as a pilot um, and how I feel where, <laughs> when I'm standing on the ground flying my drone. Um, <laughs> the pressure and the intensity of it all. I suppose you do have to be really confident. I do feel that there needs to be a button where you can dial it down a touch when you're in public yeah. uh, without getting your face stuffed. Because if they'd have acted like that in Liverpool City Centre, they ain't surviving the first hour. And it wouldn't be a happy hour. No. But also, what I did notice is for a bar that was as full as it was, and that he ended up getting... He got served road, quick, didn't he? He did. The wadge of money that he gave her to pay his tab wasn't that much. No. That was about a couple of pounds. It could have been hundreds, though. We could have mm. given a rolls of hundreds. There was one person behind the bar. There was hundreds of people in there. Yeah. And you got served straight away. And no queues. So what are all those people doing in the pub? Because they're not buying booze, e- are they? But anyway. We meet Goose, his son. Son Goose. <laughs> son Goose, baby Goose. Geesey. 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 Who's decided as a life choice <laughs> to have the same moustache as his dead dad. <laughs> And to wear the same sorts of shirts. And um, if fairness, he pulls it off. I mean, I thought he looked really good with it. I'm not sure I'd pull it off that well. Well, you had ice cream on your penis, didn't you? So that's probably... <laughs> you just get sticky. You're going to need to get a crowbar to take your pants off when you get in. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay money to see that. Um... But that's a separate show. But no, he, he gets away with it. I mean, moustaches haven't been that favourable for two reasons. Hitler and porn. <laughs> 
an ice cream. <laughs> an ice you get cream. in your ice cream. Honest to God, it was all over the show. <laughs> he sports that. He's there, and then he is. Well, he comes in, and I mean, I don't know whether it was a surprise because it's not really because it's not Maverick's kid. So why would he be? It's very clear that Hangman is sort of the Ice Man, the super confident alpha male. Ooh, look at me, I'm the big dog. And then you've got rooster who turns out to be uber cautious yeah. like uber uber cautious as a call sign what i didn't think rooster was particularly the most original no oh, hangman how would you get that well they say it's because they leave him hanging but his helmet has the actual game hangman so is it because you keep guessing what the letter is i don't know oh, no idea. what would yours be well <laughs> well i would probably go down the bob theme i really liked bob so i'd probably have mine as steve <laughs> maybe something really boring because they go is that your call sign go, yes i mean we, we don't really have call science in the drone pilot world um well we might do get that knob <laughs> off the field please we get perv <laughs> yeah security yes if you'd go down with steve probably go with something quite tongue-in-cheek yeah okay i don't think i could take myself seriously if i went with something really serious and slick what about you afterburner <laughs> <laughs> why i don't know quite funny to call yourself your call sign of the name of your engines <laughs> Can you put your afterburners on? You mean me? And I'm eject. <laughs> so people read it and press the button, everyone's flying out to multi-billion pound planes. Are you alright? Eject. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, you fire. said eject. I might just put fire. <laughs> so everyone ends up getting shot. Oh dear, yeah. Sometimes. Yes. I mean, in all seriousness, I felt I was probably going to cry about six times during this film. Because I thought I heard you crying at one point. <laughs> no, I didn't actually break that barrier. But there was just moments which were so well done. I did genuinely think, oh, hello, that's quite emotional. There was a point I thought like you were going to start crying. the goose thing, when he's playing the piano. Okay. And seeing great balls of fire. Yes. And I got really excited about that because, of course, it's a massive callback to yeah. when Goose and Meg Ryan, whatever her character was called we're singing that and Tom Cruise was and yep. obviously the famous line take me to bed goose or lose me forever or take me to bed stud I've never said it to a person <laughs> I don't think it works in real life. We might get a slap in the face. Probably. I'll yeah. try it tonight uh, and report back <laughs> with my sticky with your, wicket. <laughs> with your ice cream sundae penis. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes. But that, I felt nostalgic about him singing that song. But the feels came from Maverick's face. I think Tom Cruise, okay. as an acting job in this film, was quite phenomenal because I think his acting skills are perhaps underestimated sometimes because he does these all-out blockbuster action mm. movies. And I think people overlook it. He stood there and just with the emotion on his face, he looked like he was so horrified by the flashback that he got from looking at that mm. scene it moved me I mean it was good from an exposition point of view for people who haven't seen the first yeah which is available on did you say Now TV it's on Sky Now TV on I Amazon, think you said Amazon, Amazon as yeah. well yeah so there neither of those are sponsors but you know you're welcome because my wife hasn't seen this first film she came to watch this with us right and hadn't seen the first one was that who was sitting next to me yeah I wondered who that was <laughs> did you introduce yourself no I was a bit nervous If I was too busy fingering my ice cream <laughs> I didn't because originally there was two of us going to the cinema. There was. And I turned to my left to obviously talk to you. Yeah. And this this lady in the darkness and I was like, oh, bloody elf sat in the wrong seat. So I'm a bit awkward for the entirety of the movie. <laughs> 
And also, I'm just thinking of ice cream in front of her. Not the best opener, is it? It's not. But yet, she came and hadn't watched the first film. Right. Which made it slightly up, because I was obviously really excited about things like this goose moment. I feel I have to tell her. I'm sure I irritated the living daylights. Have a go. This is the point where... And then they have a bit of a flashback. None of this means anything to her whatsoever, because she still hasn't seen the first film, so she doesn't care who goose is. Right. There was quite a few points in this film where there was more like that mm. the Iceman scene was well that's when I thought another you were one which was quite touchy I mean I did get a bit feels a bit you didn't close. know that though did you till afterwards no I knew it was something like that from the way she said yeah there's not they can do but in real life I'm talking about you didn't know I didn't know he genuinely yeah. has it in real so, life obviously not everybody when you do films that are like 30 40 years after the original that was such a good film to revisit these franchises isn't always a great idea because not all the actors have aged as well as Tom Cruise has Kelly McGinnis being one of those people sadly Val Kilmer over the years has gained a bit of weight but also has throat cancer for him to be in the film because when they showed the trailers they just showed you photographs of it and I thought that was quite a nice nod yeah. but to actually have a scene where they made the reason he can't talk part of that story to get him back into the film it was a nice homage I thought and gave him some involvement and then also you know in real life he's got throat cancer but that was when I thought I heard you crying uh, no I, d- I didn't cry it was quite a close to home thing that I think they spoiled the scene slightly when he did start talking because I found the one-way conversation because Iceman only wrote what two maybe three sentences on the computer but they managed to have an entire conversation with those three sentences being applicable to what yeah. Maverick was saying yes. and and I think that was where it became so profound and so intense because you could see how emotional Maverick was and you could almost hear the conversation in your head you could hear what Iceman was saying and the back and forth and so when he did speak I thought he said too much (laughs) which sounds really harsh I think if he'd have just asked the question of who was the better pilot if that would have been the only thing he'd have said I think that would have been a perfect scene because I don't think he needed that little bit of preamble before I think he said everything he needed to do with his emotion and the screen but obviously he made it much lighter they pulled it back with that Mm. end I think he's been to the same school as you have for emails (laughs) with just like three words on an email and then you send one back and then you get three words well if he sent me that as an email I would probably read that you would have wouldn't you yeah. and I also I don't think he actually spoke I think they ADR'd that in do you think they took a couple of shots from behind and I reckon they probably ADR'd that in I don't think he said all of those words I mean it, it's very emotional it's nice that they got him back in it was also quite nice that they were such close friends mm. I was listening to an interview with the director about this they were saying they were obviously hugely competitive when they were in Top Gun but at the end of the day they were comrades in arms they were fighting next to each other and naturally that bond was always going to be something that carried on and it was the same with Goose's son because they were saying that no kid is going to blame Maverick for the death of his dad that's not how it works the kid's a kid it was clear and evident that it wasn't Maverick's fault so there's no logical reason and Maverick would naturally draw himself to become very ensconced in their family and their upbringing and so it was quite nice that they actually did that and that the fallout was more for the paper thing I'm glad that was the reason why they'd had a tete-a-tete that it was a further down the line when he's an adult and they have a disagreement over whatever it was mm-hmm. as opposed to this oh you killed my dad nonsense yeah. which would have been a really easy trope to go down years, he should have moved on by then yeah. but the fact that he held his career back by pulling his papers well he said he wasn't ready and in fairness to him when towards the end of the scene with the mission I'm sitting there going I don't think you're bleeding 
engine ready either. You're going to accelerate it, kid. Use it. Again, I'm just having flashbacks to when I'm a drone. When drone pilot, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just need to put the pedal to the metal. Yeah, because that reminds me of a story of when you were really up against it and flew your drone into a pond. <laughs> Do you remember well, that one? Well, that's an emotional time for me. Did you ever get forgiven for that chaotic crash? Well, the drone did dry out and worked again, so as far as I'm concerned, that's no longer part of history. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> What have you got in your notes? Oh, let me see what the next keyword. I've got Goose written down. Well, what do we think of him as a character? Well, for this I one, I suppose you needed that character as a, a legacy character from the first film to bring it into it. Otherwise, it's just a film about planes and you just bring Tom Cruise in. Because mm. pretty much most of the people, well, let's forget for a minute Val Kilmer, pretty much all of these characters are new. Wasn't Warlock from the original film? Ed Harris? No, the Admiral's right hand. Hondo and Warlock, I actually thought, were in the original film and looking back on IMDb I was wrong again although they were made to feel like they had been which is very clever well if you've forgotten the original then yes it is very clever well Hondo I assumed was because because his name's Hondo yeah um, yeah anyway but it could be out of SWAT it's amazing how much of a goose he looks like <laughs> He did. He looks like his dad. They cast him he well. He flaming does. He's, they cast it very well. But then well. I wonder whether you'd look like him if you shaved your beard and kept your moustache. Oh, no. If I took my top off, I ain't looking like that. Oh, I see. We're going straight to the nudity. <laughs> we'll go straight. He's, in, he's an unfortunate character because his dad obviously died in the crash in the first film. And it appears Meg Ryan snuffed at his mum as well. We don't find that out, do we? We don't find that out. But Tom Cruise isn't that old in real life and presumably isn't that old if he's flying a plane in this film. His mum and dad have both gone early. Are you going to sneeze? I was going to re-yawn. Yawn, sneeze. It's a bit of a come down what happens to us pilots. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Wind down, we properly wind down. The last time I saw Meg Ryan, she was having an orgasm in a cafe. <laughs> Not in real life, obviously. That would have been interesting. That would be on TMZ. She didn't explain why she wasn't in it. I imagine because she's aged badly and had lots of cosmetic surgery. Because he's 60, is Tom Cruise. He's 60? 60 this year. Wow. In fact, he's 60. 3rd of July, a few weeks' time. 60 years old. I've just repeat that because this moves us nicely onto the beach scene he's 60 years old and he looks healthier than I do now and I'm not 60 all of those Scientology lessons have paid off haven't they it was notable that the camera didn't get quite as close to him he's clearly very much in shape he's obviously getting a bit of the old saggy skin you know like when you get older your skin loses its um, yeah and it becomes a bit saggy so even though you're in shape you still look a bit you look like a battered suitcase (laughs) yeah and as against those specimens on the beach yeah they were probably about 20 odd I mean I just wanted to get involved well I say that let's just rewind that a sec I didn't want to get involved because I have a real issue with sand sticking so you know if you're sweaty and sand sticks to you or you're wet and sand sticks to you you've got suntan cream on and sand sticks you go into the sea you've got to walk back you've got sand everywhere I hate that drives me insane I just want to brush all the sand off but then you can't because while you're brushing the sand off it gets on your towel and your hands and then it goes on your sandwiches and yeah well I've got sandwiches on the beach (laughs) who's that hungry to take a baguette with them well I don't anymore because you just get sand in them that's why I call sandwiches so if they said to me oh do you want to play this game I'd be like no because you're all sweaty and wet and when you tackle me we'll get sand everywhere and actually when you throw the ball the ball when I catch it all the sand will splash off the ball and I think you've overthought this myself yeah and also they wouldn't have invited you no well because you're a miserable bastard (laughs) well they would have done because I'd have been walking on the beach in my aviators with that pilot strut that I've got and a pie uh, and they'd have gone you're one of us come on over get your top off lad here you go can I be a goalie <laughs> I'd say no I can't because I've got 
t-shirt lines. With tattoos. Have you got a tattoo of a drone? No, we don't do that because you've got to keep yourself as a specimen. What? I noticed they changed the game that they were playing on the beach. I thought it was volleyball. But it was American football. Oh, was it? It was American football with two balls. <laughs> well, there was lots of two balls. but There's only one ball in European rugby. <laughs> As he was saying, there was two balls because you were playing attack and defence at the same time. So you're right. trying to score a try whilst also trying to stop the other team Got you. at the same time, which okay. obviously was designed. And again, with personal experience, you have to do multiple things at multiple times. And <laughs> I mean, it's very homoerotic. <laughs> what? <laughs> How have I ended up doing a podcast on Fifty Shades of Grey? <laughs> hey, I didn't put that scene in the movie. <laughs> How is it homoerotic? Well, there's just loads of fellas running around with the tops off going, I mean, they, they have to do that, though, they, for the cheese. They had one girl in the team, yeah. and they didn't hover the camera on her much. Well, no, because she wasn't topless. Well, that's my point. Why have we got all these fellas getting all the bits out? That's what I mean. It's, it's all like, look at me, six pack, tense. And there was there was an awful lot of the movements going on. They did all love themselves, absolutely. Yeah, if you had a six pack, not a six pack wrapped in a party pack, <laughs> would you would you not be doing the same? I don't think so. I would see you walking down the street for just a loaf without a top on and you probably have a the only G that you'd be pulling is a G string out your arse crack that's what listen, I'd say listen if I didn't have a top on I would become one of the man-made uh, what the the, the, the man-made um, uh, what the girl the seven one, a, a man-made wonder of the world because you'd be able to see me from space there'd just be this white little dot walking down the street <laughs> on the great on the moon going, uh, there is a white thing moving on the street is they a go, polar bear they go it's alright it's polar he ain't got a top on it's Steve, the aviator. Has he, has he got his shades on as well? Yeah, yeah he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's carrying his drone under his arm. Yeah, because he can't fly it properly. <laughs> He's been grounded. What, what's on your impressive list of notes? Well, day one, I've put where he puts all the little bastards back in their place, which must have been incredibly satisfying after the bar debacle. Well, for many reasons, not only that, he also, from what I understand from watching interviews and B-roll footage, made everyone who auditioned for the roles be in the actual planes. Everything that you see happened. Wow. So I think you would probably have them in the back cockpit. Yeah, they, they, they weren't going to be flying, flying now. No. Tom Cruise's plane, the one he flies at the end, is actually his plane. He has a pilot's license. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was quite clever that they did all the... <laughs> which you have to do so you don't because you have a G-suit on yeah you're a G-string they have to do that so you, all the blood doesn't flow from your heart and die okay so they have to go as if you're having a poo but stop okay I would at that point back through lack of training I would have shat myself because I would have gone <laughs> That would happen. But they actually were in the planes, which I thought was very impressive. So not only were manoeuvres happening... Manoeuvres were happening. <laughs> manoeuvres were happening. Well, we were joking about the fact that we both get travel sick if we're not driving a car. Yes. I highly doubt we'd survive one of these. No, I'd be ill. I would be ill. I'd just be dead. The back of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, what's this really dry, crumpled mess of powder on the back? It's like, it used to be Mark, but he's so dehydrated from all the throwing up he's just on. <laughs> yeah. Is he white? There's no, fl- <laughs> there's no fluid left. He looks like a pile of cocaine. Has he... Has he- <laughs> oh, but with little stripes where the t-shirt stopped <laughs> yeah. there'd just be a drone covered in cocaine oh dear I'd be the same because I get motion sickness but he did put them all back in their place 
Oh, yeah. In proper maverick style. Yeah. I mean, I find it hard, let's be real about it, that a man who's nearly 60 is able to just walk back into a job in a brand new plane that he's had no training in. Well, it wasn't, was it? It was the model plane he flew when he was a Top Gun. I think the younger guys were having to fly this older model plane and adapt as well as being less experienced. So it did bring them onto a slightly level plane. Okay, I thought he flew S-14s and he's an F-9. I mean, I'm making it all up. Oh, right, okay. There's no factual... There's no factual... I figured if I said it confidently enough, you'd just let that slide. No, that was the callback later in the film, that the plane he flies is actually the planes they flew in the original. Ah, right. Which is why he knew all what he knew and was telling Goose, pump the air and put that on and pull all the chocks and everything. Which is why I say chocks away. Ah, right, okay. Just a little side thing. I think there's F-19 Hornets that they're flying. (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> you clearly know more about this than I do. As an aviator, I would have thought you would have been right on that. Yeah, no, we stick to our specialties. <laughs> okay, any hornets you come across a net when you fly into them. <laughs> <laughs> They sting me while I'm trying to control it. Yeah. I think they were in the planes they fly. He was in a newer plane, still out with smart of them. So I find that a bit hard to believe. Well, there is a discrepancy throughout this film about how well you could actually do with the plane versus the other plane. The big mission at the end, they've got these fifth generation, which I assume are the brand new ones. And by the way, can they fucking turn on the sixpence? I mean, that was just yeah. awesome. Well, that was my biggest hang up with this is throughout the whole film, they talk about how Well, hard. you had the theory. Do it later Should on. we do the thing? We'll come to your theory later, but you yeah. have a theory about this. And throughout the film, they set this up, don't they? It's 12 of the best of the best top guns. They've been called back like a RuPaul drag race. They've been brought back <laughs> in to be the best of the best. They are going to be chosen based on what they can do. And there's going to be four planes. That's it out of the 12. Tom Cruise's job is to choose who's the best. And he does all these trainings and tests. And throughout this, no one actually gets kicked out, do they? They all end up being at the end of the film. It's the modern world, Mark. Everyone, <laughs> everyone gets a medal. Yeah, that's <laughs> you, true. You get a medal just. For just being for turning there. up. Yeah. But they make it clear that this is the hardest mission and they allude to the fact that somebody isn't coming back because the Admiral says, your job is to train them, make sure the mission ready. And then he says nothing and, and then Tom Cruise says, and come back. And he goes quiet and he goes, and come back. And he still says nothing. It's implied throughout the film that you might die. The mission is critical. You're going to be 100 metres off the ground. You're flying at ridiculous speed. It was a ridiculous mission. Yeah. So they make it clear that the probably chance of coming back is slim to nothing. Then throughout the film, he make it sound like he's now no longer needed and the Admiral comes in and goes right we can do 300 metres now and you can fly a bit slower and instead of having two and a half minutes you've got four minutes to take as yeah. long as you want I tell you what take your phone you can get some nice snaps while you're about and stop off for a Chinese banquet yeah done and then suddenly whilst he's doing his four minute thing over the tannoy bloody maverick gone rogue and decided to take a plane up and just do the mission himself and giving himself not just two minutes 30 two minutes 15 no he wasn't into the three minutes the three minutes was what oh, he'd was set but he moved it to to, was it 2.15 yeah. which is impressive did you notice that they didn't specify the country of origin for where yes. this this uranium plant was yeah. I think the UN had waded in going please <laughs> for god's sake do not name any country that's, right now. that's probably likely to be doing this exact thing <laughs> we need not to be stirring the horn we can't have another war going on because the general principle in Hollywood these days is just make the English the bad guys yes but you yeah. can't really do that here because as far as I'm aware we probably do all of those things but but we do it blatantly. <laughs> yeah. Because we're the good guys. It's, it's, 
<laughs> it's usually Russia or China or the Middle East, Korea, isn't it? Korea. Yeah, North it's, Korea. It's Asian countries, China. Desert. Yeah, because it wasn't very terroristic. No. The terroristy ones you tend to go to deserts. This had yeah, snow. Snow. So you kind of think mm. Russia, mm. China, potentially yeah. on the cusp. One of those. Oh yeah, well maybe North Korea. They didn't say a word, did they? <laughs> they kept that pretty close to their chest. However, he managed to do it first time. He did. And I found that a bit hard to believe, if I'm honest. Because let's remember. <laughs> 60 year old in a plane that he's not familiar with he's been away from it for a good few years I think um, he was playing a 60 year old in the film he doesn't look 60 so it's very plausible that you could work out the mathematics of it though if you work out how old he was in Top Gun and add on the time it is now because it's present day isn't it Yeah, it's not in the future so it's in real time so if you go back to when the film was released and add whatever years on he's in his 50s mm. and he's pulling 10 G's one of my things is for people who are in the 60s steal a plane Get yourself up to 10 G's and reply back to us on an email of no more than five words. <laughs> and that is now you get on. Because I don't think you're coming back from that, if no. I'm honest. I find that hard to believe because these guys, bear in mind, they're about 20 and they're getting trained. Well, in fairness, Rooster wasn't going fast enough to get up to well, he was just being 10 G's. He was like driving Miss Daisy of the team. Well, that's why I made it's Rooster. Like, hang on, hang on. S- indicate, check the mirror. <laughs> It's like that guy driving to the cinema that was in front of you. Yeah, he was. Yeah. The taxi driver yeah. who didn't know where he was going. Which is weird. I now know how the people who were following Rooster felt. Yeah. He was like, okay, we could do with getting there sometime today, kid. Yeah, he was rather slow. Well, he lost, what, two minutes on the run? I know. And also, just realising, who thought <laughs> that this was just a retelling of Star Wars? <laughs> well, I did think when they were talking about how small the gap was to well, shoot got, the thing in. You've got to go through a small channel, yeah, and you've got to get two yeah. things into it. Mm. It was Star Wars, wasn't yeah. it? Well, it, so I think people probably who was Luke Skywalker? Was it Maverick? Luke? Yeah, he was using the Force. In fact, the body pilots were wearing Darth Vader helmets. They were or the, yeah, the, the Russians the, who were the black helmeted soldiers in the fifth gen the, airplanes. Yeah, but who were the ones in Star Wars? Oh, who stormtroopers? Are they stormtroopers? Troopers, the ones well, that wear the black types. versions, yeah, yeah the Thai pilots, yeah, yeah, not Thai people pilots, Thai pilots, <laughs> they're not Asians. <laughs> <laughs> because Thai pilots is a thing. If you go on one of those Asian planes, you'll have Thai pilots, won't you? <laughs> so, so, yeah, it was, it was Star Wars, yeah, it was. Wow, revelation, yeah, we've just spent a fortune to see Star Wars again. I mean, the irony is, it was a better Star Wars than the Obi Wan series that we've been put through at the minute. What else have we got? Did you like the way that they had Iceman in this film? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know we touched on that scene earlier, I, that was one of my high points there because I feel bad for Val Kilmer in a way because I think he's had a bit of a shit laugh. Because if you think, mean? well, just in terms of how life throws you, in fairness, though, the rumors are he was a difficult person to work with, done a couple of poor movies I liked him in Willow going to Disney in three months time I liked him in The Saint yeah but he's supposed to have been very difficult in some of these films yeah, yeah how you are as a person to get throat cancer have that as a reason why you can't I mean, be look, in films yeah throat cancer is not a good thing no, but I mean, he hadn't had might... that all his life to justify he, these other yeah. bellenderies I just think to not be able to be in films if that's your love simply because of health issues is a bit sad yeah. I mean he might be hard to get on with and I think that comes with celebritism because I think a lot of people and Tom Cruise is hard to work with I don't know everyone says he's mm. really nice 
Christ. Do so, they? Well, well, they had that rant the, when he was doing a Mission Impossible. No. Knew he sacked everybody. Did he, right? Because somebody stood next to him without a mask on. Oh, really? Because he's executive producer on all these films now through his company. He makes the rules. That's why when he did Mission Impossible 1 and 2 together, he basically hired out a whole farm, put everyone in COVID lockdown so they couldn't leave. And then he was like, because somebody didn't wear a mask on set or something, he properly ranted. Mm. I think he's nice because he spends time with his fans and I like that. But I don't think he's particularly easy to work with when he's the person paying your wage and he's the producer. Okay. But I haven't worked with him. Yeah, you can't drop that name yet. No. You're working on it. I'm working on it. But to be fair, he hasn't worked with I me. I mean, do you want me to drop a word in for you <laughs> yeah, as, a next fellow pilot. as a fellow pilot? Next yeah. time he's, he's nearby, I'll just go, hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm a pilot as well. When he's in the Rafa Club, get my pint. Yeah, yeah. Well, just ring that bell and put your phone on the table again, didn't you, Tom? <laughs> Never learned from your mistakes. I'd just go, sorry, left my wallet. Thought the Iceman thing was nice. The Iceman link was yeah. lovely. Very nice that Iceman was looking after Maverick yeah. as well. But they killed him off pretty quick. It was like, just popped in to see Val Kilmer. Dead. Wasn't it? As soon as he'd been to see him, it was as if it was always meant to happen because that cleared the way for then the Admiral to end. The Admiral's got about four reverse gears. How many times did he have to backtrack on his threat? I was always taught in my early career that you don't make a threat that you can't follow on okay. through. You have to be prepared to go, right, okay, if I'm going to say that, I have to stick to it because as soon as you don't, yeah. your bluff's gone. Mm. It means that the next time you make a threat, there's no substance to it because people just assume you're bluffing. And this guy, it'd have been better off having one of them red lights on his head. You know, the reverse one's going, yeah. caution, Admiral reversing. The rear Admiral. You can't... <laughs> nice. Everything he said, uh, I- I'm going to ground you forever, but you can fly today. <laughs> I'm taking over this mission until later when You're you can leader. take it. <laughs> yeah. I thought that felt contrived. Mm. That felt a little bit stereotypical. Is that the right word? You've always got the Admiral who doesn't like his ways. And well, it's a bit tropey, isn't it? Yeah. I think they underplayed his role. I don't think his role actually necessitated much. It wasn't in it that much, apart from turning up to go, your team leader, you're fired, your team leader again. You've you got three weeks to train. No, you haven't. You've got two weeks to train. We've already spent a week training with the mission parameters being there but we're now going to change him to this because of course that'll make life a whole lot easier and you've got all of the pilots sitting there going hang on a minute if you do that then we're all going to die that was probably the only niggle I probably had on this well no it wasn't I had a bit of a nig. I felt this film was absolutely brilliant until after Maverick's plane crashed. After Maverick's plane crashed, it all got a little bit silly. The first time or the second time? In the in, in the, the snow. Okay. Yeah. Because we did the mission. Yeah. They're doing the mission. It's all very tense. I'm sure I was squeezing Ish's hand at the time with the intensity of it because I was just getting flashbacks to when I'm flying my drone. Was she uh, getting all the G's? I, <laughs> <laughs> she's getting all the g's in her hand and and that was brilliant because it was tense was it gonna work was it not gonna work was driving miss daisy ever gonna catch yeah. up could he find that third gear <laughs> i mean I what, it was what was that all about all right i'm gonna drive at two miles an hour oh no wait a minute i've just had an epiphany i'm gonna <laughs> slap it into 10th gear and crash into a mountain because i'm now going too fast yeah because your reactions aren't that quick either go at the speed you were supposed to go at the beginning but don't go really slow and then after to make up time by going ridiculously fast as in faster than Maverick who we've already established in this film was by a country mile the best pilot agreed that, that felt a bit silly but apart from that I thought the mission was great and I really liked the fact that Maverick was 
plane was going to crash and mm. going to die and it was all going to be dead sad. I liked that. And I particularly liked the fact that they had to leave him. Well, they couldn't go back until they did go back. Well, this is the thing. It was at that point when he crashed and the Admiral, in fairness, was like, no, everyone back. I'm not losing anyone else. You're not going to find him. We're in enemy territory. We've already pissed them off royally. They're all over us now. They're sending out... The- We've got the wrong type of planes to be fighting against the ones who are going to come after Which us. Which I find hard to believe. Get your ass back onto the hangar and we can either regroup or whatever it might be. Let's just do that. Yeah. And it was at that point that it all went a bit Pete Tom because everyone suddenly decided they were going to disobey orders, which I'm pretty certain is a big no-no mm. in the armed forces world. Because not Marshall, Well, it? not following orders gets people killed. That's the whole point, isn't mm. it? But the point you're talking about in this film, for me, loads of things flew up in, in my mind of how it was just unbelievable. So these fifth-generation planes, we've already established it's either Russia or Korea. You want me to believe that America... Allegedly. I don't want to get any anthrax in my post from Putin. Although I suppose he's got his hands full at the minute, hasn't he? Just say that sentence again. You don't want anthrax from Putin. <laughs> no. I, Am I now on a list with the no, folder? because Putin's just another word for farting, isn't it? So oh, is it? I just thought you don't get anthrax from Putin. Putin, yeah? No. As in Put, P-O-O-T, Putin? No. His surname is literally a fart. In America, the Puta is a little handheld thing that makes people go... Wow, I did not know that. Every day's a school day. Every aviators don't get taught that. This part of the film had a whole Rambo 3 style where not only does Tom Cruise crash a plane a second time, he then outruns a Russian helicopter gunship, and it is a Russian one because it looks exactly the same one that's from Rambo 3. He jumps over a tree. When they were firing the bullets, I was surprised that they didn't make it through the tree. I've seen Mythbusters when they test these theories, and 50 caliber is going through a tree trunk, I'm telling you that. But then all of a sudden, it gets destroyed because Goose, who was supposed to not disobey orders, has returned, and then he gets shot down. How does Goose even know where he is? Exactly. And then the other thing that made the whole thing bizarre, which leads to my theory, is Tom Cruise says these vital words. I did that to save you. It was all about saving you. Classic line that makes my whole theory stand. But you've got a theory of this. Is it a legitimate theory? Are you just being... Pedantic. Are you just saying it because it gets a bit ridiculous at this point? It does go a bit random. Well, based on this sentence my theory is and i'll leave it open to the listeners i think that when he crashes his plane doing mach 10.3 that he dies and from the moment on when we see him in the cafe he is living out a death dream it's about redemption over the guilt of goose dying okay so he's dreaming that he will go and train the son of goose that is why in the dream he says to goose it was all about saving you because he wants that dream to be the redemption road because none of it makes sense a fifth generation airplanes that are super improved than what america's got right now america's the leader in weapon system how is that possible how did you not know korea is producing a fifth generation plane how is it a man survives a crash at mach 10.3 well, it's reasonable what? that he ejected i don't share this theory by the way i don't believe it as a death i would challenge anyone to drive at mach 10.3 throw yourself out of a car and see how you survive because the g's you'll be pulling at that speed whilst your plane is obliterated ask google what mach 10.3 is in miles per hour hang on hey siri how fast is mach 10.3 10 in miles per hour. So the answer is it's 7,417 miles per hour. A child is killed at 30 miles an hour. You believe right now that he's doing 7,000 miles an hour? You believe that he survived at 7,000 miles an hour? Yeah, but I also don't believe that 
it, it, this is a Hollywood film because oh, I, also, we go. I also don't believe that you can, as you say, outrun a helicopter and then walk onto a major army base totally unstopped. How they got over the fences that presumably were surrounding the outer perimeters of this armed base where these extremely high-valued, important planes were parked. Appreciate they bombed the runway and all the planes on the runway, but they didn't bomb the outer perimeter fences that you'd have had to have negotiated. One assumes there was lots of people on the base who weren't standing right by planes and therefore wouldn't have found themselves subject to the explosions. And yet they just walked straight on, found themselves playing with the keys in the ignition. <laughs> that wasn't destroyed. Yeah, that wasn't destroyed. It's the only one, because everyone next to it had gone. Yeah, yeah. The runway's destroyed, yeah. but he manages to get it up over two gasoline Without tankers. anyone going, um, did, did you leave the engine running on that, that plane? No, no. Who's driving the plane out? I've got no one on the list to say, and that felt a bit daft. Okay, moving that forward then, yeah. on, on your trajectory of Hollywood, because apparently now we've moved on to the fact that it's okay if it's Hollywood. If it's not a normal film, it's still okay to be living. He has survived a crash at 7,000 miles an hour. Mm. He has survived another crash, a helicopter gunship shooting at him, going on to an army base, getting a plane that didn't blow up. It's on really a runway four, isn't it? <laughs> he then takes it above two petrol tankers, and then, in a 40-year-old plane, he manages to take out two fifth-generation planes. Yeah. It's a dream, people. Write in, let me know your thoughts, because that is literally taking creative license to the nth degree. Up until that point with all of the actual flying, that was realistic. But anyone who can survive, Princess Diane didn't survive and she was doing 110. Not to be a fanboy and not the character, those new fifth generation planes were Sexy. mega yeah. to watch. I mean, they all are, even the old ones that they were flying yeah. were cool to watch, but the manoeuvrability on those was just spectacular. Well, I imagine they probably are in existence and they're probably computerised to a point, I would say AI is probably controlling them as well as the pilot. Oh, it's just human response times to do that because it literally doesn't you what did you say it turns and flips and spins at the same time well in this one it actually did a full stop and mm. a spin all on the spot which is what i do when i'm being chased for my rent <laughs> I believe that they exist but I can't believe for a minute when we've had the whole premise of the film is, and they were talking about the F-19 Tomahawks or whatever they're called they were saying that those wouldn't go up against fifth generation he has an F-13 40 year old plane that goes up against two of them and he destroys one in the first five seconds by just going <laughs> and shooting it in the back and then disappearing and it's a dream it was a bit weird when they were doing the hand signals as going I've got no idea I appreciate it was probably for humorous levity yeah, yeah. but one assumes there's a like an international language for pilots like point forward that means go forward your thumb up is all good yeah. the middle finger is you've got way too close <laughs> back off but get he, out of me tailpipe he showed up he, he, he had a fist he's like Ugh, I order you I think nicked that, my parking spot <laughs> that was a funny part of the film there was a couple of funny bits there was the Iceman scene there was the alien cafe thing was funny Yeah, I thought the failure to understand the gestures I actually thought it was quite funny when he went and found Rooster after the crash landed and they were having a proper to-do. Yes. The ultimate slam was Rooster going, yeah, but you told me not to think. Yeah. I'd just you do got, instinct and you got no retort instantly that, had zero retort. Yeah. There was real moments like that which were I did laugh out loud and I'm sure I was probably the only person but I did. I heard you. I heard <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the woman next to me felt but throughout the whole film you were on an emotional roller coaster. I, I wasn't an emotional roller coaster. I thought it was Alton Towers for a minute. Yeah, I felt bipolar going through this film. Film. At one point I thought I was going to cry. Next one I was laughing my socks off. Finger and ice cream. 
<laughs> Maybe it was the sugar. <laughs> it was the sugar. I, I was on the ups and the downs yeah. of the sugar. It's gone through all your skin. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I've given it a few extra points is for things like the humour and soundtrack and dogfighting. Okay. If you think about the wider scheme of things, they are literally flying billion-dollar fighter planes. There's very little CGI. Well, you say that, but Maverick seems to just let himself fly one whenever he wants to <laughs> yeah. and do whatever he wants to. Then when he crashes them, there appears to be no repercussions no. for having done so. That's true. You see where your tax dollars go. Blame Tom. <laughs> I think the film to date's made over 500 million. Wow. So he's all right in it. He's like, you just crash as many planes as you want, Tom, it's fine. But I think the input from the Navy's been helpful because they've literally won. Yeah, have some F-19s, whatever they are. You can have the old ones. <laughs> we don't care about them. Crash them away. Yeah, but the it's ones fine. With no, no wings. Yeah. That's why the storyline that's have them with the bangers. <laughs> like, we're not giving you the new ones. Yeah, you can keep hold of them. No chance. <laughs> was this a film that was needed and was it a film that was wanted given how long it was since the first one did it deliver how does it rate as against the first one I think it's on a par with the first one I don't think it was needed at all I think it's just a classic case of rebooting franchises for the sake of it there is always a danger it's worked on this one Indiana Jones it didn't exactly and this is, I know you say Hollywood but you have to consider that people are watching this film as a film and yes you take away some creative license but when you've got a luckily Tom Cruise doesn't look 60 but Indiana Jones is a classic example where your main lead actor is running away Carl from a massive Wolf. yeah in a Zimmer frame against a massive big boulder and, <laughs> and spears and darts and stuff and you're thinking mm, is that possible you have to make the film believable in that respect all you're doing is creating this weirdness which is you're going 60 year old pilot and the Air Force have just let him come back in what about he secrets? didn't look 60 though did no he? he didn't I mean he's obviously been pumping he iron and about 45 if a day yeah but even 45 not too short the retirement age is in the Navy but well I'm a pilot and I'm 41 now yeah. so you know we, we can still do it in our 40s okay I'll take your word for that I don't know whether you're living a dream <laughs> I'm living a dream <laughs> I don't know whether it was needed what did you think I loved the film I'm trying to establish whether or not I've just got the euphoria of having enjoyed a film on a gorgeous day with me pals and that's just got me all excited and I'm full of sugar <laughs> I'm going with the sugar. <laughs> I think you've gone and just had that, the, sh um, the sugar in your fingers. It was brilliant, and I will still feel it was brilliant. I, I don't know. I feel I need to watch the first one again to gauge whether it was better or worse. It's definitely on a par with the first one. Yeah, I think it's brilliant. I was massively worried because I didn't feel I needed it in my no. life. And I was worried that they were going to do an Indiana Jones 4, was it? What was, was the it? Crystal Skull that was, that one? Was the yeah. one? Yeah. I thought they were going to do one of those. Well, they're doing another one, aren't they? What, another Top Gun? No, another Indiana Jones. Oh, right. Thank goodness for that. But yeah, I, I think they did it well. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I would happily watch it again. I suspect it would still get me emotionally watching it again. I don't think it would, you know. I think what you've done is what people do when they drink. So then when they have vodka and they do it through their eyeball because it absorbs into the bloodstream, I think you've got ice cream in your penis <laughs> and that's taking the sugar straight into your bloodstream. There's only one way to test it is if you get happy in the second half of the film without ice cream on your penis that's the answer well I'll try <laughs> try it tomorrow home just get some ice cream out get it everywhere and, and see don't use a spoon watch a really bad film I ordinarily don't Schindler's like. List no not definitely not Schindler's List because that's a good film but that yeah. makes you sad no, I need, but I'm I, if you're happy yeah but I need to watch a bad film and see whether I come out going that was really what, good watch film watch Indiana Jones for that's watch that and see whether it comes to if the same if you come away conclusion. laughing and happy having put your penis in some ice cream <laughs> 
<laughs> we know it, we know that what's a, a sugar rush. <laughs> Just make sure you let people know in the household that you've done that because I did that once and my <laughs> mum wasn't happy. <laughs> Apparently two scoops isn't good. <laughs> you double the dip in. <laughs> double dicking. <laughs> Okay, what's on your notes before we go? I've got the end. Right. We've done the run, we've yeah. done the mission, we've done the escape, and then I've put end. What was the end? Oh, I guess... Uh, <laughs> what was the end? <laughs> what was the end? Well, it was all the lovey-dovey stuff, wasn't it? It was. You wonder whether he's going to settle down, he's have the relationship with what's-her-face. This is why I thought it was a bit Vanilla Sky, a bit dream-esque, I think, and ethereal. If you think about it, in the context of a dream, it all makes sense. It's all the stuff that you'd want to happen. Everything happens nice and happy. And there's a little bit of questioning, for example, which is another thing we haven't touched upon, is Jennifer Connelly's character, we know they have a dalliance. Is there, and has there been any thought throughout the film, that the girl, the daughter, is Tom Cruise's daughter? Well, no, because it's unambiguous that she her says, dad, she said her dad's married and living somewhere else. Yeah, but is it the dad was with Jennifer Connelly at the time? Yeah. She might have been uh, There's no the implication father. that Tom Cruise is the was avid a dip when he wasn't allowed uh, or that he was responsible for said spawning of okay. child I just thought it lends itself to being potentially an outcome in which case it meant the whole family would be back together because he no. said don't break a heart this time which alluded to the fact that he'd broken a heart the last time yeah but I read that more as he keeps on going off getting sent to Iraq and they listed a load of places where he'd been I read it that he keeps on either volunteering or pissing people off right. and then getting sent off to Siberia to do a 12 month stint because he's upset someone and every time he has to go away she's left heartbroken because he's been sent away and it did wrap up the whole thing at the end where they're all working on the plane together him and Goose's son Mini Goose <laughs> and then there's a photograph of the and then the girl racks up who's yeah. gonna goose <laughs> What's good for the goose is good for the gander. And then they changed the photograph, hadn't they? Because originally, at the beginning of the movie, when he's working on the plane, it's him and goose. At the end of the film, the photograph is. Well, there's a picture of him and goose, but a new picture of, of him, him and, and goose too. <laughs> goose who? Goose Jr. <laughs> It's all very lovey-dovey. What would you give it out of 10, then? I would give it, and I'm kind of torn between 7 or 8, and I would give it an 8 simply because I liked the fact that they used real planes. They actually were doing the fighting in the planes. There wasn't CGI. It was all practically done, and he made a caveat that if you're going to audition for the job, you're doing it in the plane, whether you like it or not. You could have cheated. Do you know what I mean? You could have done, essentially, Green Lantern and done the whole film on a green screen. That, logistically, is a massive undertaking. It's not a case of just turn up and fly a biplane we're talking about it's not time. a green film it's not a sustainability film is it there were some <laughs> fossil fuels built in the filming of this movie a small island has perished yeah yeah Greta Thunberg will not be happy with this film how dare you people are dying entire ecosystems are collapsing all you can talk about is fairy tales. However, I gave it points for that. I thought the nostalgia point that you talked about at the very beginning is good. The music is good because it harks back to the original, so there's connectivity. The story is its own thing. I wasn't too sure about the Star Wars thing because it kind of reminded me of that and it regurgitated a plot point that we've seen. And if that's the case, the question then becomes, did you need the movie or just watch A New Hope? <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go eight. I'm going to put my flag to the flagpole and I'm going to go with an eight. Okay. I'm going to go with nine. I'm allowing myself a point for the sugar. 
<laughs> so I'm not, I'm not going in at 10. I'm going to dial it down a okay. notch, both for sugar and my pilot bias. Um, <laughs> I mean, this was a, a fabulous film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm. Thought it was brilliant. The ending bit was slightly unbelievable and Hollywood, but everything else felt like it was a good movie. Mm. And I know the the breaking of rules and the crashing of planes is something that was slightly overlooked more than I probably would be in real life. But you can overlook that because it's a movie. It's supposed to be entertaining. It got a little bit diehard for where John McClane is flying pedal bikes into helicopters and blowing it up and yeah. all that sort of jazz. Where he was indestructible. It got a little bit like that. At the end which yeah. was a shame because i'd have been quite happy for maverick to die i don't like sad endings particularly I'm, I'm a very much a happy ever after type of person but i'm happy to accept that if the story arc fits that then you should do it you should just go that's how it should be it's a justifiable sacrifice it is yeah. i think it would have been a really poignant finish to have maverick die to have rooster bearing that burden to have the lady devastated to have him die doing the thing that he did being as crazy as he'd always been i think it would have been a nice little bookend i don't feel i needed the the survival thing but hey it was what it was and i highly recommend it go and see it well i say go see it if you've listened to this you don't need to know you can save your money because you know what happens we'll take pollard with you so you can see what he's like when he's got sugar in him (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you buy me ice cream too indeed thank you everybody for listening I hope you enjoyed it tune in to others that we have online see you next time alright bye guys Excelsior check out all our shows exclusively on the podstation.co.uk